Welcome to Get Unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Over the next hour, you will be given valuable tips and tools you can use to overcome what keeps you stuck. Now, here is Jason. Welcome to Get Unstuck, Move Forward With Your Life. I am your host, Jason Hopkins. Thank you for joining us today. Get Unstuck Radio is inspired by my own journey of navigating this thing called life. More than a decade ago, I faced my own dark night of the soul, a painful chapter that robbed me of my mind, my money, and my way. After a series of catastrophic setbacks upended a lifetime of work, I was left with two choices, to end it all or to begin again. Fortunately, with a mustard seed of faith, I chose to walk forward with a new commitment to serve others. Over the last decade, I have faithfully worked to evolve the narrative of how the world sees mental health. By recognizing that everyone struggles, sometimes we all need a new insight and different perspective to see life more clearly. Not only is this show the birthplace of my own efforts to overcome life's challenges, but a safe space to meet other champions who, even after setbacks, still bravely show up and serve others. Get Unstuck Radio highlights the phenomenal people who have joined me along the way. It is a place to share their stories, which hopefully will spark inspiration in your own life. Together, we celebrate our individual capacity to move forward and get the lives we truly desire. Each week, a distinguished guest will share their own unique perspective about what it takes to move beyond stuck and achieve their truest potential. Regardless of where you are, I'm hopeful you will discover the inspiration and courage to make an impact in your own life. Let's get started. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Nick Klingen-Smith. Nick is a keynote speaker, best-selling author, obstacle course, and endurance athlete. After being thrown out of a Las Vegas hotel in a drunken hotel, a drunken haze, jeopardizing his career and relationships, <clears throat> Nick had to make a change. A four-time cancer survivor, type 1 diabetic, recovering alcoholic with herniated discs, nerve damage, and sleep apnea, he defines it is all when he finds obstacle course racing. Refusing to accept his limitations, he's completed over 100 Spartan races, six major marathons, several ultras, and scores of other obstacle and endurance events. As someone who has walked the path of a sales professional, Nick is an expert in propelling other achievement-driven professionals and leaders to overcome fear and rejection and push past limiting, self-limiting doubts by inspiring them to take purposeful action towards their goals. Nick is a raw and passionate storyteller who holds nothing back when revealing who he used to be and the person he is now. Nick, welcome. I am so grateful for you uh, for joining us for another episode of Get Unstuck Radio. Thank you, Jason. I'm psyched to be here. Glad we could do this. Yeah, you've had a truly remarkable journey, you know, overcoming multiple health challenges, personal setbacks, and then going on to become an endurance athlete and motivational speaker. Like, I know that didn't just happen overnight. Like, give us from your perspective, after just reading your bio, a little bit about what got you to this place. And then, of course, I want to talk about all the incredible work that you're doing. So you're going to find a lot of my story... You know, my, it seems like my origin story begins when I fir- first was introduced to Spartan race, but the, but there's not, there's, there's so much beyond there. Okay. Um, but this time, actually exactly this time, seven years ago, um, I was working as a vice president of sales for a logistics company in Riverview. Okay. And my boss had walked into my office and he's like, Hey, there's a Spartan race in two months and you're going to do it with me. And I'm like, no, fuck now. Like, uh-uh. Trail running, obstacles, training. No, no, I'm good. I'm comfortable right now. Right. Comfortable is what I wanted to be. And so I went home that night and 
that's when it hit me that I wasn't comfortable. I thought I was, you know, I mean, I had a good job. I had a, a starting a new relationship with my now wife and um, I had just decisively beaten cancer for the fourth time. And that's when it kind of hit me that I was, I was uncomfortable. I was lost. I had overcome a lot in my life just to get to that point. And then suddenly I found myself without a challenge and I was, I was lost. So to take you to that point, we got to go back a little bit and, um, you know, I'll brush over a few things, but I was a child of neglect, alcoholic and, and drug addict parents, uh, struggling with recovery. And I never really gave that enough credit, uh, on the impact of my life and until now. And, you know, I'll probably talk about that a little bit more later, but it really wasn't until I was in college that bad things started happening to me. <laughs> um, I was in a car accident where I was hit by an 18 wheeler. I was ejected out the rear window of my vehicle. Um, and then I got up. That was, you know, when I was 19, I got meningitis that uh, earlier that year. Um, it's like I, I was on a uh, motorcycle accident when I was in Maui with my father. Uh, we fast forward a little bit to 2005. And that was the first time I was diagnosed with cancer. Okay. Um, you know, within a year, I was actually, I talked about this today, but it was 17 years ago today. I had shoulder surgery. I was diagnosed with sleep apnea and started sleeping with a CPAP. Uh, within a month, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And within that same year, I got cancer again. So we keep fast forwarding. Like um, I spent after a divorce, I spent a lot of time the the bad nights with drinking began to outnumber the good um and that phase of my life i'm very fortunate i'm very fortunate to have had a, a parent in recovery um because i think it could have been a lot longer for me but um you know i did spend a lot of time where i let drinking ruin my relationships and my potential and that was probably just a way that i think i was that's how i handled things at the time but uh in 2013 i got cancer for the third time and that was really where I just let it manifest in the alcohol. So again, I'm trying to give you the reader's digest version here because um, I I stopped drinking July 14, 2014, and that my life began to just change for the better infinitely. Um, you know, but I, as I realize now, those first couple of years of sobriety. I didn't know anything. There's so much more just reflection that I'm seeing now, which also leads me then up to when I had cancer for the fourth time and then beat it. And that's when my boss walked into my office. So I tell you that long story because what's happened since then is it's, I'm no longer been a victim to any of those things where if you had spoken to me before that day in 2016, it would have been, Oh, so much has happened to me where, you know, the venture, the adventure that, that transpires after is I, even what we just talked about before the show, every obstacle is just an opportunity now. Well, and for anybody listening, I mean, in fairness, just what you've gone through, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm seeing a cat with nine lives here and the fact that you just keep showing up and reinventing yourself. So if I'm understanding you correctly, it sounds like your boss walking in your office that day seven years ago and, and inviting you to do the Spartan race really was kind of the, the pivotal moment that changed everything for you. When I signed my book and sent him a copy, uh, what I wrote inside was, this is your fault. 
<laughs> it, uh, it didn't. He used to race with me a lot too. And he, um, you know, he's, he's family man, couple, career guy, a couple years older than I am. And um, even though he hasn't been training, he's probably still better at it than I am. But um, it was, it, it was about that personal journey. You know, he was on his own journey. I was on mine and we shared this for a while till some other personal stuff sort of got in the way. He's also got a bunch of kids and just, Sure. You know, did continue along with me, but it became a way of a complete lifestyle for me, and things continue to evolve. Well, when we first connected, I, you know, there were several things about your story that I really resonated with, but the thing that really stuck out for me was this, this, this ability to persevere and find resiliency. You know, I think resilience is such an underestimated thing this day and age, and people don't really realize you know, until you're put in a situation, you don't really know what you have the strength to accomplish and do. And it sounds like you got a lot of lessons to figure out how to, to make those things work for you versus working against you. And I really want us to have this conversation about resiliency and this, this motivation to keep going forward and not only keep going forward to kind of continue besting, you know, everything that's come before that, you know, Help us listening as somebody who's, you know, a a cancer survivor, you know, a recovering addict, all of those things. What, what does that deep internal motivation to show up and continue to face life head on? Where does that come from? And what does that look like? Um, I'm glad you asked that question because I actually have some of those answers top of mind. Awesome. Um, I want to give you a quick story because it's another Spartan race story, but Last year, I broke my rib. I fractured my cartilage uh, during a during a race, and it was the third mile of an eight mile race. Um, okay. For anyone listening, I am not a professional athlete. Um, this is a hobby for many. This is a lifestyle for me. Um, I had to suffer through five miles of that race, completing every obstacle in just astronomical amounts of pain. And every time I tell that story, most people are like, "All right, why didn't you quit? You're, nobody cared about your race but you." And the part of the story that I didn't tell you is because it was the first time I had ran with the words fuck cancer across my chest. Okay. Uh, which I do all the time now. Some friends of mine were going through tough times with cancer and I just wanted to show them that they weren't alone. It was all I could think to do. And I feel like you just can't go quitting things when you've got that written across your chest. And the lesson from that was the thing I kept repeating to myself the entire time. It's not for you. It's for them. The number one lesson in resiliency is that your why is your everything. It doesn't matter what you're doing. What matters is why you're doing it. I could not agree more. And uh, so it's not like I was had these lessons when life was just kicking my ass over and over and over again. You know, if anything, I was becoming more bitter and more resentful and more of a victim. It... It wasn't even really Spartan race. I completely changed my attitude. When I started doing the obstacle course and endurance racing, that just sort of opened my mind to, to accept that maybe the way I was looking at things wasn't right. Um, it was actually the act. It was two things. It was the act of writing the book. Um, writing it was therapeutic. That was journaling it. But revising it over and over and over again, and you begin to see your life and from, from a different perspective. And I didn't see it from me writing stories. I saw it from the lessons that I learned from the story. So it's like, I didn't learn the lessons that I tell in my own life until I actually revised my own book. Wow. <laughs> and and if, was, if one could look at your life and say, you got to repeat the same lessons over and over. So really to have that profound 
you know, realization staring back at you, I can imagine that was a pretty pivotal moment in recognizing that something, something's got to change here. Which ties it back to the, the you know, the why is your everything. I wrote the book. I constantly share about this and nobody's going to care about a middle-aged amateur weekend warrior athlete if they don't know about what it takes me to get there and what the purpose in doing so is. So the people that I have, that have reached out to me just to tell me that I've inspired them and motivated them. You know, the people that I had, had written on my chest for, those are my why. Right. It didn't start out that way. You know, it probably started out more like a temper tantrum. You know, <laughs> oh, I have diabetes. I can't do this. <laughs> Let's just see about that. Oh, uh, my body's basically like a Jenga game, but like leaning this way with seven herniated discs. Oh, yeah, we'll see what I can do. Like, but it became you know, it gave me back a lot of the power that I had given up in my own life, which is another thing about building resiliency is you have to get uncomfortable. You have to. Comfort is where you go to die. Right. <laughs> that's that's the end. Like if you're if you're not, I was uncomfortable. So I, I had to get even more uncomfortable. I had to seek that adversity. I had to manufacture adversity. You know, it's an uncomfortable thing to go look for a new job, but otherwise you're just going to be stuck in the one you you know, that you don't like. How many people stay in dead end relationships because it's just comfortable. It's these things that we acquire. So we have to go looking for the next fight. Like I have a good friend of mine who, and he shouldn't compare himself to me because I don't think we should compare ourselves at all. Um, but he was like, you know, I haven't gone through the types of things that you have. And I'm like, dude, like that's why you need to go do an obstacle race. Manufacture adversity in your life. Just do hard things. I love that. And I think that, you know, really it goes back to kind of that root of getting plugged into life, you know? And I think so many of us, we go through, you know, to your point, just kind of these rote motions going day in and day out every day looks like Groundhog's Day, that so many of us are really not plugged into life. And I mean, to your point, not everybody has to go through what you have gone through. But the fact of the matter is, is the fact that you have been through the things that you have and you still show up and still serve as an inspiration for others around, you know, anything is possible is really kind of what I'm hearing out of your message. You know, another thing that like, so uh another part about like with the book somebody doesn't have to write a book but if they journal their experiences and look back over time their perspective can change too and that's a lot of what happened with me um you know so the other part i just lost my train of thought the question that's being inspired for me is really getting into what was that moment where you recognize that you had all these experiences over and over and over again and your attitude still wasn't right. Like I, I recognize you're reading the book and reliving these stories. Like where, where did it click? You know, I don't know if there was a one aha moment. I want to tell you it was the entire experience, um, but it did become a transformative lesson because my entire philosophy is I made it through this so I can make it through that. I did this so I can do that. And you know, also, I part of it, I'm going to tell you this, part of it is because when I was writing the book itself, <clears throat> you know, when you first do it, you just, you journal how you feel, right? right. At some point, you're like, okay, if I'm going to have other people read this, I need it to kind of be a book of some kind and not just mindless dribble. Sure. And I think I realized in the telling of the story that I didn't want to be so negative. I think that was my psychic change throughout that experience is that 
I didn't want to tell a negative story. And so I started telling myself a different story. And when I actually put the book out there, that became a declaration for me that this is how I live now. Otherwise, I couldn't have put it out there. I'd be a fraud, <laughs> you know. So I literally have to welcome these these challenges. It doesn't mean they're not frustrating. I mean, I said the F-bombs lots last weekend in Dallas, and some of it was in pain, but a lot of it was just in anger. I was upset about something that was being taken away from me. Right. You know, but... I just had to refocus. I mean, I'm allowed, you're allowed to be mad. That's why I like, it's funny. I was telling friends of mine what's going on and 80, 90% of them were trying to make me feel better. And I'm just like, I got mad at them, <laughs> you know, until you get to that. Just one let me thing. feel how I feel until I yeah. don't. Let me be angry for one day. I know I'm going to be okay <laughs> because there's no evidence to the contrary. Well, and isn't it amazing? That. Like when somebody's going through something, our immediate reaction is it's our responsibility to fix it. Yeah. And I don't think there's any responsibility to fix what you're going through. I mean, as you've just evidenced for us, that was your reala realization to come to and you to fix that. And that's really the only way we get sustained healing in our life, right? That's uh, That was the uh, uh, train of thought I lost. Personal responsibility. We have to take we have to accept responsibility for our circumstances. I mean, if you want to be resilient, you can't be a victim. I'm diabetic. Oh, well, somebody robbed you. Oh, well, that's nobody else's responsibility. Like you didn't do wrong, but it's still your circumstances, your situation. And the sooner we accept them, the sooner that they lose their power over us and it gives us more ability to move forward through them. I love that. And on that note, let's take a short break. And when we come back, I want to get into, you inspired some things in me that I want to ask you about, but let's, let's take a short break and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Welcome back to the show. If you have a question for Jason or his guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. 
Now back to the show with Jason. Welcome back to Get Unstuck Radio. I'm your host, Jason Hopkins. And today I have my friend Nick Klingensmith here today. And Nick is telling us some really phenomenal lessons that any of us could play um, as part of, you know, living a healthier life, living a more authentic life. Nick is a best-selling author. Um, he is a cancer survivor. He is a recovering addict. He has really, I would say, been tested and been through the fire in many ways, many times this lifetime, and really still shows up with this amazing attitude attitude with um, a focus on resilience. And before that, you know, we took the break, we were talking about, you know, really this notion of where, where life switched for you. And I know at different points, you had a lot of anger about things that had happened to you and maybe didn't show up in the same way that you do today. And in writing your best-selling book, um, you really had some new awareness about your capacity to show up and recognize that you got to face life in a different way. And you didn't want to be as negative about it. For anybody that's listening, like tell us a little bit more about that because I know there was more to it. You said it was it was the journey that you really recognized and reflected that you didn't want to be so negative on. Like, how did that start showing up for you as you started reflecting, you know, in writing the book to make this transition into being the guy that you are today? So on a a new book that I'm working on right now, which is mooring for sales mindset. Um the first chapter, the first two chapters actually talk about how you don't have to be who you were. You don't have, we're not beholden to a past version of ourselves. And so we have to be able to accept that who we were to begin with. And, you know, a lot of that. So as I'm looking at like the cancer journey, you know, the first time I got cancer, I was very scared. Right. But I didn't admit that until I wrote it in the book. Wow. 18, 16 years later. Um, as a matter of fact, like, so, you know, as I'm working on being a speaker, one of the, one of the keynotes that I'm working on in that text is the first time I admit to being scared when I got sober. It's, I don't, I think once you open, you know, the genie's bottle there about self-reflection, I'm not sure that journey stops. Right. Because there's so many things that I'm continuing to look at. And really, that's what the process of writing the book was just a, a forced way to I had to look at myself through a different set of lenses. Well, it sounds um, like you got vulnerable with yourself in a way that you hadn't before. And also, this is something that I find unique right now because I would have never thought so. Because, I mean, I grew up I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a narcissist. I am selfish. I don't want to show vulnerability and I don't trust and blah, 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 blah. The amount of people that flocked to me to share their story when I shared mine has given me a power and a resilience that I didn't know existed. And so the more that I completely open myself up to more of these vulnerabilities that I share with people and the more that they open themselves back up to me, it gives me this energy source that it's part of how I feel that I can take on, well, anything. Cause again, there's no evidence to the contrary. And so I feel that my best way, at least at this phase of my life and giving back and helping other people is letting them know that they're not alone and that, you know, you can keep moving forward. I'm going to show up tomorrow. I'm going to do the next hard thing. We're not going to die from it. And I think that's where, I do have a unique ability to help others is because I'm comfortable getting vulnerable now. Right. 
And I could mirror that in my own journey. You know, my, mine was mental health recovery, but I am the adult child of an alcoholic. And, you know, there are probably some similar threads that are pulled through both of our lives. And I can say when I first started my journey of recovery, um, you know, I spoke on stages a lot and told my story. And I was always amazed at what people would come up and share with me afterwards, just because I was willing to show up and sort of expose myself, so to speak, around things that I had been through. You know, I think there's this element, and I'm going to use the word invitational, that is very invitational when you show up in an authentic, vulnerable way that invites other people to feel like they have a connection with you through the shared experience. And I think there's something really powerful and healing in that. And I can also say in reflection, and I don't know if it's the same for you, that having people come up to me and share that did a couple of things. One, it reminded me that I was not alone, but it also solidified the fact that I had the power to make a difference to help other heal through my own story and journey of healing. You know, the uh, it's professionally, it's, it's hard to look around sometimes and of course not compare yourself to your peers, right? Or you look back at other parts of your life and you, this is what I was starting to say that comparing is dangerous because you don't compare apples to apples ever. Right. You know, you're comparing the old memory to the new, to the, the new paradigm or something like that. And because of that, you know, applying an old standard from the old you to your new life, a lot of us feel like we don't measure up. A lot of us feel like we're not good enough or, you know, like, I mean, for me to be kicking off my speaking career, I'm not expecting a windfall of cash in the next few months. And that's going to invariably make me feel at times inferior to friends of mine who are probably making a lot more money or and living a different life for those, those periods of time. And it would be easy for me to immediately get imposter syndrome, feel like a failure, feel like I'm the only one and then give up my dream. Unless there's someone else out there telling me that like, Hey, don't let it get into your head. You know what you're doing. And by the way, those guys aren't looking at you either. Right. <laughs> Nobody's. And they don't have your experiences. Yeah. And, and if anything else, they're probably cheering you on. So let's get out of your head. And so like, I've just, I don't know. Plus it's helpful, even though I'm most of the time when I'm sharing my experiences, I'm talking to myself in the iPhone. It, <laughs> it, it is, it's just one less thing. And I mean, I know you've probably seen some of my videos. Most of the stuff I put out are just unscripted self-talk, you right. know, whatever's on my mind that particular day, I'm looking at myself in the camera. So it's like, whatever's on my head, I figure I can't be the only one going through this today and maybe I can help someone else. You know, it's interesting because when I think about my own journey, I mean, really over a decade, I literally spent so much effort and energy hating the story that really made me. And and one could argue that everything you've been through is exactly the training and the tools you needed to bring you to this unique place to do the work you're doing today. And it literally, Nick, it wasn't until last year that I could go back and look at my own story and say, you have spent a decade hating the story that made you the person who gets to show up and do the work you love to do today. And and I and I wonder for anybody else who's listening, that's going to be resonant with because we send so much effort and energy on not wanting to embrace bad chapters in our lives or things that we went through that we don't love, that I think we often hold ourselves back from really showing up just being who you are. And you are the beautiful culmination of everything you've been through. 
And there is power in that. So in uh, in the new book I'm writing, I refer to it as mental endurance. Um, and those supplies are finite. And those things that we don't face, they're there. They're holding us back. And they are taking that energy and taking that power and reduce our mental endurance. Um, we have to face those things because they take they they take power away from us. And the more that we're able to face, whether it be our fears, shortcomings, past the uncomfortable truths, they lose those power. And then we have more mental endurance. We have more resilience. Also, we can look back then instead of being so afraid of the next crummy thing to happen, we can realize it's probably not that big a deal because I can finally accept this other thing. Well, the scary things that come seem less scary because you have more history and experience of doing them previously and knowing you got through it. I guess the the thing that I find fascinating about you that I would love, you know, anybody that's listening from your journey, I mean, not only as an author who's who's shared your story, your deeply personal story, but also an endurance athlete, like Talk a little bit about for somebody who's listening that's sitting on the fence that maybe has been through some things and realizes that something needs to change. Where can they begin? Glad you asked that because that's my favorite one. So it doesn't have to be an obstacle course race, but you know, let me actually talk about why that made the difference for me for a moment. Um, I had never heard it before. I wasn't athletic at the time. I used to play beach volleyball, but then I got hurt and then I got drunk and then I got fat and I stopped playing. Um, you know, I started working out a little bit again before I found Spartan, but so I signed up for a race nine weeks out. I knew nothing about it, paid the money and registered. That's step one. It's called take an action, move a muscle, change a thought. Like you have to, you have to act. If you want to make changes in your life, it starts with an action. Physically get off the couch and go do something. Right. It doesn't matter what. Um, but then I had to put a plan together because I had to train. And it wasn't a crazy plan because I didn't know much. But still, it was I planned out the next 30 days of my life. Step three was execute. And so by execute for me, man, it had to, I was waking up at 515 in the morning instead of 745, 15 minutes before I was supposed to get to work. <laughs> that was the most uncomfortable thing I'd ever done in my life at that point was wake up early before work to train. I know that sounds dumb, but like I had struggled with that my entire life. And so by that simple decision of waking up early to exercise, it truly defined or redefined, defied, I'm sorry, everything that I previously thought I knew about myself, because I never thought that was something I could be, I could do. I never thought I could wake up early and exercise in the morning. I always thought I was going to be fighting for that, that last 10 seconds of sleep. But what you're going to find is that by doing so, after a little while, I needed to make sure I could go to sleep on time. So I gave myself the first bedtime I had since I was a kid, and the first regular sleep cycle I've ever had in my entire life okay good habits are a gateway drug because the early you know i had a purpose i had my why i wanted the race right so i had a plan and then i had to exercise i was gonna either be uncomfortable in the morning before work or uncomfortable after work and i decided i would rather just get it out of the way <laughs> so made a choice and execute but if i want to get up early i gotta go to bed on time and then after a while i find that hey i want to continue to do this and i don't want to get hurt so i should stretch i need to increase my mental toughness so i add meditation um, i want to make sure i have energy so i start eating better it's not like i ever went on a diet it's just more and more of my decisions that i made were aimed at you know fueling what i was going to do so 
a lot of people hear or see like what you see on social media and stuff like that, you know, or even hear this end game where there's 10 things I do a day that are part of this lifestyle, but dial it back to the first one. I signed up for a race, right? I made it the next right step. That was it. What happens after that? Just start. If there's somebody out there and you're saying, I want to go be a runner, listen up. It's going to happen fast. Get up, (laughs) go run. There is no step three. Just start. Right. Get your brains out of the way. Just start. Tomorrow's another day. And what I love about the simplicity of that is there was no run a mile, run five miles. Like it was just get up and run. And 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 I think the the takeaway from that is the recognition of anything more than what you're doing is more than what you're doing. And and anything that you want that's more than that builds upon you starting at that starting step. You know how many people do a Spartan race, including me, who said they just wanted to do one and done? Well, I'm just wondering, because you went from one, I'd love to know how the first one went, but now you've done over 100. Now, I got to be honest, I filled that out with the expectation I would have had 100 by now. Uh, we are stuck stuck at 96 on the Spartans. Okay. okay. To be clear, but I do have six major marathons and about 25 other type of endurance brands. But it, We'll round up for the purposes of this conversation. <laughs> it's still impressive uh, at 96. It started with the one. That's all I saw doing. And then it was, you know, actually, hold on. Let me tell you another story real quick. Uh, I ran the Boston Marathon in 2018. All right. This is the holy grail of marathons, if you do not know. Um, I ran as a charity runner, which was extremely hard to get into in the first place. Anyways, I raised $10,000 to run it. I, In my life, I never thought I could run a marathon. But uh, ever since the bombing, I wanted to punch back. And this is how I thought I could do it. So. Eventually ran Boston. It was 2018. It was a nor'easter, arguably the worst conditions in the history of the Boston Marathon. I finish. I don't stop at all. I'm very happy with myself. I grab my medal. I'm ready to just kiss this thing, you know, with my one and done marathon. And then five feet in front of me, I see somebody walking by with this big one around their chest looking like Flava Flav. And it turns out it's called the Six Stars. And what that is, is for the Abbott World Major Marathons. There's six of them. And when you run all six, you get that big, huge one. And that's Berlin, Tokyo, New York, Chicago. And, oh, it was uh, on for you, wasn't it? As soon as I saw that, I was like, so it was kind of like that was Spartan. Like I did this thing that I never, ever thought I could do. Me running in the woods, like I'm a beach cat and a house cat, <laughs> like me running in the woods and getting up to train and, you know, as a diabetic everything in me had said that I can't do like running in athletics anymore. And then yet I ran eight miles in the woods, like who's in charge now. So I found something so powerful at the end of that race. I think it was Monday or Tuesday morning back at the office that my boss and I started planning for the for the next year. I love it. And, and again, I think the thing that I, you've done some really big, amazing things that most people are going to say, I could never do that, which, you know, you're defying the odds of saying you can, but the point I want somebody listening to take away is, you know, while, while it was Spartan races for you, it could be something completely different for somebody else. And it may not be this physical feat either, but it still starts with that motivation of saying, I'm going to get up and take a next step. Even today, uh, you know, as I'm, I'm kicking off my speaking and coaching career and I'm basically prospecting on LinkedIn, 
Um, I've been in sales a very long time. I believe in scripts and processes, but I also know when I'm making excuses. Right. Um, and I'm just delaying the action. So I just get the messages out. I was a consultant for a short while in 2019 and I had no idea what to do. I didn't even get into that business on, like on purpose. And there was like one Friday, just like today, and I had no idea what to do. Like all my recruiting clients were kind of done for a minute and I didn't know where to start. So I literally just grabbed LinkedIn and I messaged everybody, <laughs> just a simple message of, hi, my name is, here's what I do. I hope I could be valued to you, right? My biggest consulting client came from those messages that day. Wow. Just start. How are you going to know what the wrong action is until you at least take one? It's And I'll tell you what, like an indecision is a decision. An inaction is an action. We have a choice and motion creates motion. <laughs> you know, you're pretty focused on inspiring achievement-driven professionals and leaders. You know, if somebody is stuck, you know, what's a practical tip or technique aside from just taking action that they can work towards to overcome their a fear or rejection or obstacles that may stand in the way of them achieving their goals? Mix things up. Okay. That's, uh, that, you know, that's something I think that's been helpful to me. And I, especially in terms of mental health too, is, you know, I, I, I keep talking about being hard charging and execute the plan and take the action. Well, sometimes when we build it up in our head and it becomes bigger and bigger, it carries a physical weight on us. You know, it's like, so there was a time actually a couple of years ago where I just didn't want to get up and train. It was just, it was, I was too tired. It was too hot. You know, the life of stress, the stress of life was sort of getting me down. And all of a sudden I just kept building this workout up in my head and there's something I couldn't do. And I did work out for like three days. And I said, you know what, tomorrow I'm just going to get up and I'm going to rock. Um, and I just got up in the morning. I poured a cup of coffee in a travel mug, threw 30 pounds in my backpack and walked out the door. I walked for maybe five miles that morning as the sun came up. And I'll tell you what, I hit reset immediately. Wow. Because I didn't need a break from training. I just needed a break from the mental stress. I needed to give my overcrowded mind a day off at something. And that was the one that had to give. Um, when I was like in a you job. leaned into your humanness. <laughs> What's that? Sounds like you leaned into your humanness. What do you mean? Well, just, you know, just being human, allowing yourself the the opportunity to say that, you know, like not every day is going to be a gold star day. You know, they're like, I'm unfortunately acutely aware of the anxiety that floats around in my head. And right. it's one of those things where like, you know, you can see yourself being ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm also, Here's another thing because uh, that I learned once too. There's an event that I've been chasing for a couple of years now, uh, the Ultra in Killington, Vermont. It's a Spartan race. It's 20,000 feet of climbing. I've DNF twice. It's really hard. And, you know, there was a time, see, back in March, the race was in September. And back in March, I was probably like, oh my God, I'm not physically where I need to be right now. And started stressing and stressing. How am I going to do this big thing? Right. And then I was like, okay, what's the next thing that needs to happen? The next thing that needs to happen is I just simply need to get up tomorrow and train my workout. That's it. I already have a plan. So, okay, well, if I need to get up tomorrow for that, what do I need to do? I need to make sure I wake up with the alarm. So I need to make sure I get a good night's sleep. So I need to make sure I'm relaxed when I go to sleep. I'm thinking of all this while I'm stretching and meditating on the floor. So what do I need to do right now? I just need to breathe. 
the most impactful action I could take towards my huge mountain goal in my life was simply taking the next breath. And it actually made me realize it's okay. Like, because you can't, I'm not climbing the mountain tomorrow. I can only do the thing that's right in front of me. I mean, sometimes the next action isn't going to be as simple as that, but right. it, it often helps to recenter the things that we're in control of and not in control of. I love it. On that note, let's take a quick break and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes for more with Nick. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Welcome back to the show. If you have a question for Jason or his guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jason. Welcome back to Get Unstuck Radio. I'm your host, Jason Hopkins, and today I've got Nick Klingen-Smith with me. And Nick is a really inspiring guy. If you've been listening to the rest of the conversation, we were having um, some pretty compelling thought about just this notion of taking the next right step. And for him, um, that is built upon some pretty um, amazing physical feats and some endurance racing and obstacle course racing. Um, but, But really what I love about his approach is this practical approach of just taking action. You know, if there's something you want in life that you're not getting, you know, it really begins with you showing up to take the next right step. Nick, before our our break, we were talking a little bit about the emotional toll that being in this mindset can take and recognizing that maybe not every day is going to be a hundred percent. For somebody that's listening, how do you level set you know kind of the ups and downs or the waves of life to to keep somebody not only you know, motivated to take the first step, but to keep them on the path, so to speak, like how have you navigated those ups and downs? And I, I know you gave us a story about you just, you poured your coffee and put your 30 pounds in your, your backpack and walked out the door and that kind of changed everything. Like help us understand practically, how does somebody stay on the path? So you got to understand, like I set really big goals for myself. I don't believe in setting little goals. Um, And I fail most of them. And that's okay because they're transformative goals, you know? And so I tell you that there was, I was training for that race in Killington in 2021 and I DNF'd. I missed a cutoff by about six minutes. And that was something that I had put a huge goal on. So, I mean, a lot of these races manifest for me, are manifestations of me overcoming 
a physical obstacle, a life obstacle, an emotional obstacle. It's just something that, you know, that's how I take it out on. So for me to fail that race by a couple of minutes was, was a gut punch. Um, the following Friday, my dog of 12 years passed away. Okay. I'm not going to spend much more time talking about that one. Um, but I had the Chicago marathon coming up a few weeks after that. And I was destroyed. I mean, I was absolutely emotionally destroyed. Like I don't have kids. They are my kids. They are my everything. And it was awful. And that happened within a week of failing the race. And, you know, when you put so much value on a goal, that means then that goal falls apart on you. All that value that you put on it falls apart. And it's really easy to get into a dark place where somehow I'm connecting dots between me and a race and my dog dying. I mean, it's just everything, right? Like right. So all that inspiration, that fire is suddenly gone because it's getting replaced by self-loathing, self-doubt, et cetera. And I'm looking at the Chicago Marathon just coming up a few weeks away and I wanted to quit. I decided that I was going to defer the race to the next year. I just wasn't into it. Right. But then I just kind of looked at the situation and I thought one more time that, you know what, it's just not a good time to start quitting things because I talk about a race being all these things. But at the end of the day, no matter the metaphor, a race is just a race. Nobody in the world was going to care about the, my time in the race. Nobody in the world would care if I walked it, if I ran it, you know, I mean, nobody would know what I finished no matter what, it wasn't going to bring my dog back. It wasn't going to replace the DNF from Killington. I was still going to be diabetic. I'm still going to have a big nose. Like sometimes at the end of the day, this is just an experience that I was fortunate to get to take part in. And it can just be that. And so that was a really long winded way of saying perspective. Um, well, what I'm hearing from you is you're really, you're motivated by failing forward. Yeah. You know, like you set these big goals and it sounds like you're 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 leaning into being realistic that you may not achieve them all. And what I'm hearing from you is the reality is you don't have to, you know, nobody like to your point, nobody knows what your time's going to be at the race. But the fact that you showed up and did it is is kind of the point. In 2019, I set really ambitious goals for the Boston Marathon and for the New York Marathon. Um, I set really, I actually set a lot of stupid goals in 2019. So this one's a bad example, but I said, I was going to do all these pull-ups, run all these miles, just a lot of like nuanced goals. I only set five a year ever since then now, and they're really big. Okay. Um, but you know, all these things, I was going to do all these Spartan races and I was going to do all this. And at the end of the year, it was fail, fail, fail. But actually I'll give you a better example of 21, but one of them is my diabetes. I want to keep my blood sugar within a certain range that I've never achieved, but I dropped it down by 25 points. Wow. That was the point, you know? Um, no, I did not hit my goal in the New York and Boston marathons in 2019, but I raised $25,000 for charity. That's amazing. Like I'm a, this is what I call epic fail, like literally epic goals and failing forward and just failing into awesomeness. Because if my goal was just to, I'm not going to get excited by a small goal. Like, and part of the reason I run the competitive races that I do is because I'm diabetic. It's my defiance of what's supposed to hold me back. And one of the things that kills me about that race that I got hurt in last weekend is I was pacing eighth place and I've been chasing a top 10 for a while. And you know what? If you're a diabetic, as long as you don't tear your hamstring, you too can compete. <laughs> well, and I love that. And even though you set these big audacious goals for anybody that's listening, I, I think the takeaway here is 
you know, really it's showing up in the face of adversity, showing up when you believe you can't, like, you don't have to set the goals that Nick has set for yourself. Like, you know, setting whatever goal feels realistic for you, that, that may be a stretch for you. That's kind of the point, you know, and the, the benefit and the outcome from it, it sounds like can, can end in some pretty amazing results, not only physically, but mentally. Now, to be fair, um, and I actually talk about this in the new book I'm writing, but my, my five goals are, they're my compass really like um there are they break down into manageable chunks right now so like they're more like a vision of where i'm trying to be what is the my five ways of like my epic success this year and so within those there are you know i'm gonna i can't think of something right now but you know i've got a goal to run 20 miles whatever or I mean, as it is just even right now, like it's a, it's, it's a goal to get on stage. I had to pick a, I said, I'm going to get on stage by the end of the year. I, that's arbitrary in, in the sky, but what's really important for me isn't the check mark. It's that the actions I'm going to take to pursue that goal are the actions that are going to improve my, me and my situation. Well, and frankly, I have no reason to believe that you won't achieve it. I mean, look at, look at your track record and your history. And I think you know, the thing that I can affirm, and you probably can also, the more that you set these goals and the more that you start to achieve them, it it has a compound effect that does a couple of things. One, you recognize that maybe you need to set bigger goals and that you can actually achieve things that you set out to do, but it also motivates you to keep setting bigger goals, you know, and, and I encourage anybody that's listening, like, you know, really check in and use those, those achievements as check marks to recognize that, you know, we do have the capacity to achieve some pretty amazing things if you set your mind to it. Surprise yourself. And, you know, you mentioned about like a lot of people don't think they can. Um, I don't share actually on my social media lately, I have showed a few uh, failures of obstacles. And actually a friend of mine had reached out and he was like, he's like, that's savage that you share that. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, because most people won't show the failures. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I should really show my run times more often too, because you know, I'm not Goggins. I'm not Cameron Haynes. I'm not Jocko. And I'm not trying to be those guys. They're a whole other level. And I'm not about being savage all the time. I'm about being your best self, your best version of yourself. And so, you know, when someone who's on the couch, who's never, doesn't think they're capable of anything, see someone like, you know, Goggins, given he used to be 300 pounds on the couch, but they don't know that part of his story. They just see the the crazy badass now. And they're like, oh, I can't do what he does. Well, I don't ever want anyone looking at me and thinking that they can't do what I can. Because right. I got a pretty healthy ego on my shoulders and I guarantee you if I can do it, you can do it. And I would love to challenge anyone on that. I love it. Well, before, before we wrap up today, we've got a few minutes left. I want to hear more, like share for our listeners more about your book. And then I know you've got a book that you're writing now. Give us a little teaser of what that, what that is. Um, so people can learn more about you. Awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, Through the Fire is my book that's out there. It is the story of the four-time cancer survivor, type one diabetic and recovering alcoholic who became an obstacle course racer and defied it all. Obviously, I share a lot of stories um, from my past of overcoming personal adversity, and I really try to share relevant sort of race and training type parts of my parts of my journey that 
really just shows the lessons that I've learned from it. It's not prescriptive. It's it's me sharing my experiences. Okay. Um, so I, I've spent the last 20 years in sales. I was working in logistics and I, I recently left to now I want to pursue full time being a motivational speaker and coach. Um, you know, as far as like potential keynotes, the the primary lesson that I want to share with people, the thing that I just cannot shut up enough about is the uh, 10 life lessons from obstacle course racing. Or actually, it's it's 10 ways that obstacle course racing helped me to overcome fear and rejection. Um, because it is throughout that journey that I have been able to realize that I have been afraid, that I am afraid, and that I don't have to be afraid and how not to anymore. Um, and everything that I continue to do is is through just the learning and experience. Um, as far as coaching opportunities and as far as the next book I'm writing, it's one that I've been writing for a while. It's on mindset. The working title is called Selling Inspired. Um and it is unleashing your sales warrior mindset for remote sales professionals. Well, actually, rem- skip that part. The uh, for sales professionals, the coaching program I am putting together is designed specifically for remote sales professionals. And it's not like a sales training. Uh, the book is not a sales book. It's a book for salespeople. It's a book on motivation. And a lot of it looks at the same stuff that we've been talking about, your personal journey, taking responsibility for yourself and accountability, um, accepting that you don't have to be who you were, you know, identifying your purpose, realizing that what you don't do, you don't work for the man. You work for a paycheck to support a lifestyle that's supposedly supporting your goals and your purpose. And right. You know, helping people connect their why so they can enjoy their jobs better and do them better. That was a lot of words. No, it's awesome. <laughs> I feel inspired. I'm like, I can think of several people that need to hear this this episode. I mean, realistically, right? Like, I can be as excited and naive as somebody who just like, yeah, I'm going to get on. I have a lot to say. I can't wait to share it, you know, and, and I will. And it will be awesome. But at the same time, you know, I'm looking around just the world right now, uh, in particular, just the economy. And, you know, I'm seeing conferences that aren't doing speakers. And I think I have a niche because I have been able to be in a brutal industry for 20 years where I have been, you know, I've led a team of a hundred, I've been demoted and like, I've seen all sides of it. And again, continue to go forward with that same enthusiasm. I believe I have something to offer. And a lot of it focuses just on, on mindset and, you know, there's a lot out there about being the warrior, right? The determined, the driven, the resilient warrior. But we had to go back a step. And this is where I come in because it's about that inspired mindset first. Right. Because the driven, hard charging warrior does burn out somewhere. There has to be that fuel. And so if we work on the inspired warrior mindset, you then find that self-renewing energy that can keep you showing up at the crummiest of times. I hear you. Well, I I love all of that. And I have no doubt that you've got some considerable success ahead of you. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you though, what's next personally? I know you've got some races on your, 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 your calendar. What are the next milestones in in this personal journey to be your best also? Um, We'll tell you what, on the physical side, we're getting an MRI on Sunday. So we'll, uh, we'll touch base on that. I'm hoping to at least race in September. I mean, in December, but I don't know if I'll be, I don't have any high expectations. My next probably big event will be the uh, New Jersey, Vernon, New Jersey uh, Ultra. It's a killing thing. I mean, I'm a Spartan race, uh, 30 miles. I don't know the elevation top of my head, but it's a mountain. Okay. Um, that'll be actually on my 45th birthday. So I figure what, Love it. great way to break it in and climb a mountain a few times. Um, 
but I, we're going to focus professionally right now. And, uh, um, as much as I would love to get the book published by the end of the year. Um, so that is possible, but it's not the top priority right now. I, I do believe I've got an opportunity to connect with some sales teams and, and generate some sales coaching sessions for them on, on mindset mastery that I think can make impact people's bottom lines. And so as I continue to help people, it'll give me the opportunity to help more people. And so that's what we're going to, those are our milestones and focus right now. I love it. Nick, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you. Stride Motivation. That's uh, at Stride Motivation on pretty much any social, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I am on LinkedIn at Nick Klingensmith. And you can also find us on stridemotivation.com. Love it. And we'd love you to subscribe to our Get Unstuck radio show pages. You can find us at Get Unstuck Radio on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Next week, we have another inspiring guest that I guarantee you will not want to miss their conversation. Nick, before we wrap up, one thing I always like to ask my guests is one, what is one thing you're grateful for today? Oh, that one's easy. I'm grateful to be sober today. I love that. I mean, kudos to you. Um, And I'm grateful to have you here today. Until next time, remember every champion begins with the next, every journey begins with the next step and you too can be your own champion. Nick, thank you for joining us today. And I wish you all the success in everything that you've got ahead of you. I know there's some amazing things that you're going to amaze us with. And I hope you'll come back and share with us at some point in the future about, about your journey ahead. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's show. We hope we've helped you identify how you can overcome the mental block that's been keeping you stuck. Until we talk again, we wish you a great week.